This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Last week, it was announced that Eli Lilly was going to significantly cut its costs on insulin. The move would cap the out-of-pocket cost for the drug to $35 a month. Prices on insulin have been on the rise in recent years, which has led to some diabetics even rationing the drug to get by. That move was followed this week by a similar one from Nova Nordisk. Mark Pauly is Professor Emeritus in Healthcare Management at the Wharton School, and he joins us to go over the moves by these companies. Mark, great to talk to you again. How have you been doing? I'm doing fine, thanks. All right, so why now? Why are these companies making this move at the moment? There's obviously been a lot of conversation around insulin and the price component of it. Yeah. Well, my view of it is uh, it's um, it's not political pressure, which, of course, has been enormous on the price of insulin, but it's uh, market forces. And the two main things that are prompting um, both lower prices overall and capping out-of-pocket prices, one is the last year uh, the FDA finally allowed in a um, generic insulin, uh, which, of course, has put enormous pricing pressure on the brand-name insulins, and they've had to meet it. Meet it. So uh, uh, that's one of it. And then the other is these $35 caps. The manufacturers uh, already had programs like that, if you could qualify for them. And essentially what they're doing is saying we're going to keep those programs and maybe uh, make them a little bit more uh, generous. But um, it's it's more like the manufacturers are trying to get brownie points for things they probably would have had to do anyway. Uh, but, uh, you know, anything that leads to lower drug prices, at least in the short run, is obviously good for people taking those drugs. So, so these companies really potentially saw their market share going down significantly, especially with that generic option coming out. That, that would be my conjecture. And, uh, uh, yeah, the, the generic version is, uh, is quite inexpensive uh, already relative to uh, the $300 or so a dose that, uh, that uh, w- was typically cited in the criticism of, of the brand name firms. Um, uh, the cheapest I could find on GoodRx for brand name, sort of middle of the road, uh, sorry, generic middle of the road copy of a brand name version was about $40 or $45 a dose, which is pretty close to the 35 That's the gross price. That's not the price yeah. after a, re- a discount, uh, the, which is pretty close to the, uh, the uh, out-of-pocket cap. So when you talk about the healthcare and the drug manufacturing business in general, that that component of cost difference between generic and brand, that's an important element here in terms of, I guess, kind of trying to keep some cost controls in place. Uh, you mean, well, I think it's probably, it, I guess the question is, what's the appropriate public policy here? Right. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I was born an economist, so I'm in favor of competition where possible, and so that means favor favoring making it easiest easiest possible for generic uh, firms to enter, especially as in the case of insulin when it was invented more than a hundred years ago. Um, there are patents, but they're not patents on the uh, fundamental idea. Uh, so it's a good thing, and uh, if you have uh, appropriate regulation that allows for generic entry, then you 
um, obviously have to uh, put less effort into thinking about things like price controls, which ultimately end up, as we already have seen, being a political, much more political issue than an economic issue. So uh, from what I read, this has been kind of a story in terms of the price increase around insulin that has played out over a couple of decades. What was it that kind of led to this price surge? Was it the market forces or the you know, the uh, the inability to get a generic brand on the marketplace that kind of led to the, yeah, I, the, the price going up over time? I'd put my money on the second one, although there probably were some market forces. Uh, one of the things you have to say is the insulin you can get today is much better than the original insulin that was invented back in the 1920s by two young scientists who invented it when their, the boss of their lab was on vacation. Um <laughs> And they got together and came up with insulin uh, because he had told them they weren't allowed to do it. Uh, they weren't allowed to do those experiments. So it was one of these uh, uh, serendipitous things. But the original insulin was made out of pig parts, basically. And uh, it's been improved substantially since then by making it synthetic and making it analogous to human insulin. So you don't have reactions and also by making it more convenient to dose and by providing versions which either can give you immediate impact on a person's blood sugar or delayed impact so they can people with diabetes can adjust their doses to uh, depending on when the, when they're eating and what they're eating and so forth so there has been a fairly substantial improvement in uh, the quality of insulin but that's come along with patents not about the original idea but about the, the modifications which have partly preserved the market but the, the main impediment has been because insulin's a biologic. Uh, it's not. Uh, it's a. It's a. Um, uh, it's not subject to the same FDA rules as uh, chemistry set type drugs, where once you know the formula, uh, even a child could make it. Insulin is is trickier to make, or at least treated that way by the FDA, and so it's taken a very long while for the FDA to approve a generic version, but they finally have. Uh, there is a biogeneric out, uh, and uh, it seems to be doing what generics usually do, which is produce a um, substantial reduction in price. But obviously, when 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 Lilly makes the move that they did, uh, probably was not a surprise to see Novo make the move that they did around pricing in in such a quick fashion. Not really, unless uh, or put it slightly differently there are three makers of insulin if one of them cut price and the other two didn't that would have been remarkable because who would pay more although okay, not everybody's an efficient shopper i suppose but uh there is you know insulin is insulin aspirin is aspirin uh you might as well buy the uh, the lowest price version you can find as long as it's okay with your doctor there are subtle differences uh, i'm i'm program to say in uh, some drugs between the generic and the brand, but usually they're de minimis. Who is the, the, the other manufacturer? And I guess, would we expect to see them make a similar move here in the near future? I think it's Sanofi, I think. Uh, yeah. I could be wrong on that, but I think that's. And, but, but you would, but we would, ex right. But we would expect that we would see a third company, uh, whoever it is, probably yeah, jump I, on even, board even with this as we well. Don't, it's sort of like, even if we don't, who cares, right? If you can get it uh, from a generic version or from two uh, named companies, um, you know, for the, from the point of view of a consumer, you don't care whether the third company is still 
trying to charge a high price to the few on 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 wary customers who come their way as long as you're not one of them does the insurance industry play a role in all of this as well well there's a claim that it has although i'm a little dubious the claim is uh so if you get your the the $35 dose, that's if you're paying out of your own pocket for insulin. Say you don't have insurance, although almost everybody does these days, or you have a high deductible plan. But if your insurance, if you have insurance that covers insulin, you're probably having your insurance plan or the uh, uh, much maligned pharmacy benefit management intermediary arrange for not only to cover your insulin, but also arrange the price. And uh, for PBMs, they were able to extract even before uh, the generic version, fairly substantial discounts on insulin. The charge has been, well, because they the drug companies gave lower prices to PBMs, they had to jack up their prices for cash paying, list price paying customers. Uh, and so the, that's made things more complicated. Um, as an economist, I'm a little dubious because if they were setting the monopoly price, the profit maximizing price for list price paying customers uh, 10 years ago, they just because um, they're, they're getting less from an insurer doesn't mean they can extract more from list price paying customers or whatever was the um, uh, limit on how much those people would pay. It's still there. How but much? Anyway, and we're that, talking with Mark. The charge. The charge is that the, yeah. the, the fairly rapid uh, increase in the list price of insulin, not in the net price, has been driven by the PBM discounts. We're joined by Mark Pauly, who's professor emeritus in healthcare management at the Wharton School. So, this next question I'll ask you from you know kind of the the consumer view, and obviously with you being an economist, we'll we'll get your thoughts on it because I think the question is when you're talking about something like insulin which is used by a percentage, I, I, I think I read, I think it's a, it's a relatively small percentage of people who are diabetic who, use, who have to use insulin, but you're still talking about probably, you know, in the millions of people that, that need it. To have something like this occur where people have to ration it or believe they have to ration it in order to be able to get by on the pricing component. Uh, yeah, well, that's obviously not a good thing uh, from the point of view of those individuals and probably from the point of view of all the rest of us who are not diabetic but are concerned about people who are, have people like that in our family. Of course, as I said, if you're lucky enough or you make enough efforts to get insurance to cover your insulin, uh, that will uh, protect you from these price increases, uh, but um, uh, the, uh, 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 you know, the um, monopoly, if if, um, firms that have monopolies behave like monopolists, and so they charge high prices. If you don't want them to behave like monopolists, at least the economist's prescription is reduce or eliminate their source of monopoly power, which in this case was FDA, uh, uh, slowness in approving a generic substitute. Uh, So, uh, you know, it's obviously sensible to point the finger at first at the companies, but if they weren't tempted 
by um, the ability to sustain uh, more or less exclusivity for a much longer period of time after their patents expired because the FDA was so slow in uh, allowing in gener biogenerics, it, it, we wouldn't have had the bad situation. So there's plenty of people to blame. Mark, great to talk to you as always. Thanks very much for your time today. All right, Dan. Okay, great. You got it. You got it. Mark Pauley, who is Professor Emeritus of Healthcare Management here at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.